Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. And today we are joined by a very special guest. It's James Brent Isaacs. Hey, guys. Woo. Hello. We had you back in season two, right? One. No, one, one, season one. one. Yeah, season the, one. The Nightmares Coming to Life episode. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. You are an original study buddy. Aw, oh, shucks. <laughs> I'm an OG. And we had to get you back for episode 14 of season three, Bad Girls. It is, there's a lot to it's talk about. It's a very pivotal So let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's go ahead and break some glass, grab some daggers, and head into the library. Aw. Love you guys. <laughs> All right, man. We yeah. this to me is where season three really kicks off. Mm. It's where it's like we've we've been on like the chairlift of season three for a while, and now we've gotten off the chairlift, and, and we're skiing, and we're skiing down into a, a pit of misery and joy. Yeah, chairlifts are still pretty scary, though. Still pretty intense. <laughs> totally. So it does work for this season. Mm-hmm. It's not even stuff that just happens like that sets stuff up for, for the season. This stuff has rippling effects. This episode has rippling effects for characters that last for years. And yeah, seasons long. Yeah. So cool. Before we hop into our cram session, uh, James, how's everything been? I'm doing good, guys. Yeah. You know, it's 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 yeah. No, it's good. Um, <laughs> life is nice. I I have nothing to report. I'm just happy to be here, guys. Yeah, it's, really, it's good. I'm glad I got to watch this episode again and, and catch up. And uh, yeah, no, I've just uh, been doing my thing. I've been patiently waiting to be on the show again, and now it's happening. So I'm, I'm just happier than a hill of beans. Wow. A hill if, of though, beans. If that's a thing that is happy. Yeah, are, are I would imagine. hills of beans happy? Because are, there's many beans. When you guys imagine right. a hill of beans, do you think of cooked beans, or do you think of like bef- like pre-boiled and prepared beans? Oh, pre-boiled. Okay. So it's yeah, just dry like beans, beans, right? Yeah, dry, dry beans. Dry beans. Yeah. beans. Kind of like sliding mm. off of Feels each other. Feels better when you put your hands in there. Yeah, yeah. so in that case, nice I would cool say a hail of dry beans is very happy. Nice. Yeah. It's like Amelie when she puts her hand in the... In the yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nice. And, and she is. is very happy. If you had put your money down... She's not actually that happy. You think so? But did you see the movie? <laughs> I kind of saw the bean part. <laughs> I, yeah, I just saw the bean part. She was happy when she put her hand in those beans. <laughs> I stopped watching after that. That is my favorite film by the director of Alien Resurrection. Oh, man. Which oh, was wow. written by Joss Whedon. Yeah. And now we've circled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't even that much of a tangent. It just went back immediately. We can close out the podcast. (laughs) We don't even need to talk about the episode. Uh, But in case you were running around, dancing at the bronze, breaking things, stealing things, and killing our good friend Jack, uh, you might have been a little bit too busy to check out the episode. So don't worry, we've got you covered because we did our homework, and Chris Bramante is going to catch you up on our cram session. He's going to summarize this entire episode in five Bad sentences. So, Chris, take it away. That much is true. That's not one of the sentences. Um, Upon his recent firing, Giles has been replaced by a stuffy know-it-all named Wesley Wyndham Price, who is asserting himself in way too overbearing of ways, causing friction with the entire Scooby gang. How? But they must adhere to his commands as he is truly the anointed watcher and his goal is to find the amulet of a demon that he believes to be dead called Balthazar who has a cult of vampires who use swords and wear old and timey clothes uh, called the Illuminati comma not to be confused with the Illuminati one (laughs) (laughs) 
reluctantly accepting these stuffy requests, Faith leads Buffy through them and convinces her that, you know what? We are the Slayer's Girl to Chosen 2 and we can do whatever the hell we want. So, uh, And Faith has Buffy starting to get thirsty and excited off of the thrill of the fact that they get to violently fight and are super strong and get to have whatever they want. Two. Um, things get dark when the girls get arrested after stealing a bunch of weapons in a weapons store and Faith breaks them out of a police car and uh, the police officers are knocked unconscious and they right. leave the scene. Okay, knocks the police officer unconscious, leaves the scene, and you know what, Faith? Things are starting to get a little sketchy in your hands. And ultimately what we discover is that the demon Balthazar is not dead at all. He is gathering the vampires to his cause and he's furious that his amulet has been taken by the slayers, which is something I didn't include. These are extra bad sentences. This time they were intro that they were going to be bad sentences so they can be extra bad. That was all a little uh, parenthesis that is included in sentence three and parenthesis. <laughs> and so Angel is now in possession, protecting the amulet. Wesley is being left in the dark and the Balthazar sends his vampires to kidnap both Wesley and Giles, who show their true colors, where Giles is cool under pressure, but Wesley is terrified and very, very uh, unhelpful to the situation. Three. No, that was four. <laughs> that was four? That was four. Was that four? Yeah, I think okay. you said three in the middle. Four is four. generous. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to take it home. Buffy and Faith save Wesley and Giles, and Angel helps out as well, where they electrocute the giant overweight demon Balthazar, and in the process of escaping and fighting his vampires, Faith accidentally stabs into the heart of Deputy Mayor Alan Finch, who works for the mayor, and Faith is very shocked by it, but puts up a front. But when Buffy finally goes to her home to say, Faith, you have to reconcile with the fact that you stabbed a man in the heart, Faith tells her coldly, I don't care. Five. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Did I leave out super important details? Uh, the Willow stuff, but that's more Willow's of like growing a... growing as a witch. She's getting her powers. Yeah, away. but also yeah. Willow finds out that Xander slept with Faith. No, that's not no. Is that's it really? Yeah. Consequences. Just kidding. That didn't happen yet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Willow's starting to feel in in the Buffy Faith friendship developing in that dark way. Willow is starting to feel extra outcasted by. Yeah. This is just yeah. We can just cut that out. <laughs> I just watched. <laughs> I watched them the, back. These two back. do blend together though. Bad yeah. consequences yeah. are definitely companion pieces. Mm-hmm. They're like the, uh, when I originally saw these episodes on VHS, this, these two were the first episodes that were even included in the VHS set. Oh. Yeah. So there was only six episodes that represented season each season, or just the first three seasons, and it was like, all right, season three begins. So for me, season three, when I originally watched the show, began with this episode. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. What a way to jump into Fate's character. Yeah. I mean, she was super cool. <laughs> the I love... Especially, like, as you go back and watch all the metaphor 
stuff so clearly as we're like been analyzing it so much and the idea of like Buffy kind of descending into this darker lifestyle with Faith is uh, I love the shot where or the however you want to say it where they break into the vampire nest and then it's right before they start slaying it's just a hard cut to them just like dancing and partying in the bronze because mm-hmm. it's kind of like those are equivocated interesting thing about that scene and uh, going back to what you said about originally watching these episodes on like VHS and stuff, <laughs> is that um, on the DVDs uh, they have all the original music. If you try to watch this on Netflix, the scene in the bronze where they're all dancing together is a completely different song. The oh, really? Song, I was wondering about that. The original song uh, when the episode originally aired was actually a remix of "Living Dead Girl" by Rob Zombie. Oh. No yeah. way! And I remember yeah. this. I remember this so clearly because that song was originally featured on the sound track to the crow salvation which was oh. a straight to video crow sequel <laughs> that yes. the soundtrack actually got a full release of because oh, it was actually man. better than the movie oh man and uh, <laughs> i remember the song popped up in this episode and i was like wait i have this song it's on the soundtrack for the crow this is i'd see i love this show even more than i did before i was like really it, like <laughs> stuck in my head so when I watched it again today, I watched it on Netflix, and, I, and I, it comes up, and I'm waiting for it, and it's this other weird, like, instrumental song yeah, that they just have yeah. going over it, and I'm like, I oh, licensing. Nobody thought the internet was going to be a thing. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. All the original yeah. soundtrack to Northern Exposure, mm-hmm. it... Yeah, you can't get it. Even for I think DVD distribution, they didn't have the rights. Yeah, and that was such an important part of Northern Exposure. They cover that stuff now in like new contracts for licensing stuff. They say we have the song now for the future. All forms of technology known in known and unknown throughout here in the known universe, and like they really just make a blanket like we have this song forever. It's kind of like a god statement, isn't it? Yeah, that's gotta be a crazy job to have to be the person who has to go in and find like a substitute like royalty free or like song that you can get the rights to. Yeah, for yeah. stuff like Dawson's Creek, which all that music is different. If oh you yeah, apparently you have to watch it on Hulu. Yeah. That's it's what a I've totally heard. Different yeah. theme song. You're like, this what? changes every. I can't well, because the this. whole thing with Dawson's Creek is it was just it. one of those shows where it was like whatever song was the most popular song. Right. Like yeah. Week. The WB credits that yeah. were like this week on Dawson's Creek. Yeah. I remember I stopped watching the episode of the first episode of Dawson's Creek. It was the pilot episode, and I stopped watching immediately when they started playing uh, I Get Knocked Down by Chumbawamba. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, there's no reason for it to be there. Like, one of the characters is just walking down the hallway, and I'm like, I hate I hate the show. <laughs> I came back to it later, but at that moment, I was like, this is, no. I'm not. That is What's funny. funny about those, this isn't that interesting of a thing to say, but what's funny about those situations is that oftentimes, uh, music companies will pay for shows to have those songs in there to boost sales. I think, but then they're the same company that will then yank the chain and say you didn't have the rights for distribution on their platforms, whereas that would probably continue to boost sales Mm -hmm. in like a long tail way. So anyway, that's it. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Great episode. Yeah, that that scene (laughs) of the dancing, one thing that I found so interesting about it is, so when Buffy jumps on Angel and it's like, I remember being like, wait a minute, are they established dating again? And it was like, no, yeah, they're it was, not. It was still and, Angel, and Angel, but I, what I love about Angel this season is like, he's been so, such a in the background character for the majority of the season, besides perhaps Amends and Beauty and the Beasts. And that it's just like, Angel is now just turning into his all business detective angel. And it's like when Buffy's jumping on him, like the thing that he would want more than anything in his real heart is to have Buffy yeah. hold him and be close to him. But it's like in that whole scene, he's just like pushing her away. That's when they really start to for his own series. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is where he's starting to be like, I'm Angel and I'm just a mm-hmm. detective. That scene was tough for me with both of them dancing just because 
I remember at the time I had this huge like Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was my crush. Like mm-hmm. that was the girl that I like became a man watching. And um, and it was just tough. Read into that as you will. Um, Justin. And what was tough is that Faith comes in, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no. And, and she's the bad girl. And, like, I just, I was yeah. so torn. Like, I don't know. I can't. It's, it was, how do I, do, do I stay faithful to Sarah uh-huh. or do I stay unfaithful with Faith? I just, it was very hard for me. And then it's the two of them dancing. And I had, like been so fresh to puberty it was it was it was hard it was a hard moment it was tough that scene is intense yeah it, it did the credits for now until the end of time i think is it really did it well, yeah, maybe, well actually maybe I think not so maybe i just made that up <laughs> no matter what technology comes forth yeah. in the future anywhere in the universe <laughs> yes. introduction of wesley Wyndham price yeah oh. let's talk about wes for a second god I forgot how annoying he was yeah. when he first like showed up. It's yeah. just, oh man, a I thorn. hated him for so long. Yeah. He, yeah, because you're so upset about uh, Giles being removed from his position as Watcher. Mm. And you're like, who who's going to be replaced with? And it's just like this young, snot-nosed, like the worst Weasley kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think two vampires myself in a controlled situation, of course. And Wesley's just like, oh, or uh, <laughs> Giles is just like, yeah, no, that's, no, that's really, that's impressive. <laughs> but I do love that Wes is impressive to an extent. I mean, he's very learned. You can tell why the council picked him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like instantly he knows, I mean, he's wrong and he doesn't, you know, immediately when he's under pressure, he crumbles and is like actively, giving yeah. information to the demon. <laughs> it is a wonderful juxtaposition of, like, book smarts and street smarts. Or just, yeah. like, newbie and experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, so Alexis Denisov, as you were telling us, Chris, right before we started recording, oh, was yeah. friends with Anthony Stewart Head, right? Yeah, we read and dusted our uh, source material, or our uh, study book, that, yeah, so he was friends with Anthony Head. They were in a play together, and they were having trouble casting Giles, and he recommended Alexis Stanislav, and who is an American, with a very strange sounding voice. But so I was looking into this because yeah. I he was he's one of those actors. You know how there's certain actors that are American and you're like, oh, I just always thought they were British yeah. because I've only seen them like do James British Marsters. roles. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, like James yes. Marsters. Well, Alexis Denisov lived in London for like 13 years. Like he lived in London oh. when he was younger, so he was born in the U.S., lived in London for a few years, and then moved back. Mm-hmm. Which is so the he's same like Joss. Is and it's also the same thing that like Gillian Anderson did. So like mm-hmm. she also puts on like a British accent, but it's like I I understand it more when it's like someone like okay, they were born here, but as they were growing up, they lived in London and probably were surrounded by people with British accents. Yeah. So then when they go to do a British accent, it's like it's actually like flawless. a Yeah, it's like you a know, really good British um, accent because they're used to it. Who else Alexis Anasov plays? Uh, and he's not uncredited, but it's very sneaky credited, is Thanos' buddy in Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Subsequent, oh. the one is like, to court would be to court death. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Ali Denisov, now married to Allison Hannigan. Yep, yeah. Met and fell in love on the set of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> so adorable. Um, but the uh, Buffy, this isn't entirely about Wesley, but I just wanted to say it before I forgot it. I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole series is Buffy's mm. trying to tell Willow and Xander at the beginning of the test, like, how excited she was to go kill mm. the vampires. Like, she's so cute. And she, like, doesn't care that they are 
tried to take a test. Yeah. And then it's like Xander's like continually telling her to shut up. And then she just like takes a moment and then like inches in closer. And then Faith and I. I just, <laughs> I just love that. And then Faith's like breathing air, like the, um, oh, Faith and. This is like the episode where Faith and Buffy's relationship, even more. It's just like you see the both halves of it, where it's like, okay, we see them at their most loving each other. And then instantly, quickly shot down to, like, the downward spiral of them not loving each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think if, like, I've ever had an experience where, like, I was really close friends with someone and, like, something shady came up and I was like, oh, wow, you're totally different than what I thought. They have a really interesting friendship and a really good friendship because, well, I mean, not a good friendship, but... It's interesting to watch Buffy and Faith because I have definitely been in, I've definitely been in friendships like that where it's you want to hang out with the cool kids or like this person who you probably shouldn't be hanging out with and you've like told not to be hanging out with, but like you want to be cool and you want to fit in um, and you end up getting into like shady situations. Like I am very much Buffy in these Buffy Faith situations. So I remember growing up being in a few situations like that. Um it's, I don't know if it's more, I feel like it happens with guys too. I don't think it's, it's just like a girl thing, but like watching the Buffy Faith stuff is, it's very close to home. Like it's very real to me. I'm like, oh, this is, this happens. This is the mm-hmm. thing that happens. Mm-hmm. We're being kind of led into something reckless by. It's just like, if you're one of those people that is responsible and does pay attention to rules and does know like what you are required to do, it gets sucky because some people just do whatever they want to do at all times. And you're like, why can't I do that? Why can't I just have fun? Why can't I be like the cool person? Yeah, like, yeah. Why do I have to be responsible? So Faith is this person who they're both slayers, but Faith gets to be a slayer and also gets to have all the fun. So it's Buffy kind of being like, oh yeah, I can do that too. Um, but I mean, she can't because no one can do that. That's not how it works. But in life, it doesn't seem like that's the case because in life Mm -hmm. people get away with just being really frivolous and doing whatever they want and not having any consequences. But, um, as we will find out in consequences, there are consequences. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, faith is essentially trying to bring out Buffy's bloodlust, which Buffy never has had. Like she's always... The most cavalier Buffy is about slaying is the quips that she makes. And I think that the quips, while mostly just kind of something fun to kind of confuse and distract and, you know, in a Spider-Man way, sort of uh, disarm the bad guy. Right. To make them be like, okay, this hero is so at ease that they're being, they're actually actively being funny. Mm-hmm. And that's got to, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, I don't think it's that Buffy doesn't have bloodlust or like the want to kill I think it's something that all of us inherently have and it's just whether or not you choose from it's whether or not you let it drive what you're doing like I think faith is clearly acting on like feeling and intuition and just like these things that are natural to us and it's like clearly like emotional and reckless um and I think all of us have those things and I think Buffy is just the example of someone who's like oh no I can't just act on this I have to be more kind of like calculated and plan this out more well I think what's so exciting about Faith to Buffy is that Faith has fun being a slayer and Buffy Mm -hmm. hasn't really ever Mm -hmm. and so it's just been like this job and the weight of the world is on her shoulders because she has to save that world at least once every season and so here comes this person who has her powers has her destiny has like everything that she has and yet she's still 
not feeling any of that. She's able to just like function and have fun and enjoy herself as a slayer doing her job. And I think that's very exciting for her. And then it just kind of goes too far because, you know, it's one of those things of like absolute power corrupts. And so as she's having more fun, she's doing more things that she can like, she thinks she's going to get away with. And it can be exciting, but I think I, I think the the real attraction was just that you know she hasn't had fun being a slayer before, really. Yeah. And now here's this person that says you can and see how much fun you actually can have, and mm-hmm. that can be very you know intoxicating. Mm-hmm. Like the like where Faith hops into the uh, to the den, yeah, and that and just like if I go down, I might die, and just like so badass, mm-hmm. like it's. This episode, too, fight choreography wise, I wanted to point out was extremely clean. Like the stunt very double good cutting. Cuts for the stubble. I yeah. noticed that too. Yeah. yeah, the stunt doubles were very well the stubble? hit. Mm-hmm. Stubble? That's stunt great. The stunt doubles. No, no, but I like stubble now. Stubbles. Yeah, so the stubbles are very That's well so placed. Amazing. Very stubbles. well hidden stubbles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just the sword work in general, where it was like getting to see Giles squirm under the authority of Wesley Wyndham Price, mm-hmm. which. Awesome work if that was Joss or Doug Petrie who wrote the episode. Whoever came up with that Ew. most stuffy, annoying name yeah. in the world. I love that name because it's just the most jerk British name in the world. <laughs> it's a wonderful dynamic. It yeah. also shows you how far Wesley, Giles has come mm-hmm. um, since the first episode of the season where he yeah. was like, pretty buttoned up just like that. And now yeah. the experience has made him into who he is at that moment. And now you're seeing this kind of return to that yeah. form in a way yeah. and how it just doesn't fit. Yeah. When Giles gets the sword, when like Buffy hops in at the end and like cuts his ropes, and then Giles picks up a sword and is having a sword fight, you're just like, yeah. oh my god, Giles and Buffy are both like <laughs> battling vampires with broadswords. Mm. <laughs> and then also when they go into the this is, this is a heavy sword episode. Yeah. And then when they go into the nest and Buffy steals the amulet, she steals Balthazar's amulet, uh it's just so smooth. Like, she catches the amulet with her yeah. blade. So, yeah. Fight choreography, specifically, fantastic in this one. Mm-hmm. And I think that fighting, the precision of the fighting leads up to that end bit, too. Where that's just, like, a blunt move that just happens. Mm-hmm. And it's so shocking. And such, like, a everything seems so polished up to that point. Because, like, Faith has, like, almost like a like an organized chaos about her. Where everything mm-hmm. seems to work. And that's the first time where you see that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what's so jarring about that moment for me. Mm-hmm. And was Finch... I forget... Oh, I forget what... Where was he going? Was he defecting? Or was he kind of just on the move? Was it unclear? In my head, I feel like he might have been spying on them or following them around. I'm not sure. Um, I think because he had gotten in trouble... Like, I think he was just trying to keep a closer eye on things because he had basically gotten yelled at for not knowing what was happening and not being involved enough. Um, And so I think he was trying to kind of take initiative um, and follow. I think that's what was happening. It was like Trick. Once the mayor got Mr. Trick, who was just like such an actively good sidekick versus Finch, who was only ever really used to being like a politics sidekick and now mm-hmm. is actually having to do the demonic stuff and is being yeah. completely overshadowed. Yeah, maybe he was like being a human trying to step up to the demonic level and steps into the fray and ends up getting stabbed through the heart and bleeding out, which is an awful way to die. This episode is sort of the pilot for the fact that the series Angel is going to happen in the sense that like Angel is no longer really... 
too tied to Buffy. He's kind of just sort of being treated as a badass hero ally. Yeah. Uh, the moment where he enters, we're about I, I think that even though Angel's done some cool shit in the series, mm. he is always kind of this murky, uncomfortable character because it was like. Angelus is honestly more kind of badass than yeah. Angel. Yeah, but yeah. The, when Balthazar, that disgusting demon who looks so much like one of the vampires in Blade, the he first does. Movie where he I'm totally just, does. Yeah, I was kind of like, man, I don't I think some liberties have been taken on this. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but the whole like the man who has my amulet, what is his name? The Angel. His name is Angel, <laughs> and he comes in vamp face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I, I gotta say, I can't completely agree that this works as kind of like a his start for starting the the Angel series. I, I, I would actually argue that this entire season he has a story arc that really makes mm-hmm. him who he's going to be to yeah. go out on his own for the. That's that's really where they because I think they were actually trying to make the Angel series before that. Oh, oh really? Yeah, I think they delayed it so they could do another season to like really build his arc to have his own show. Mm-hmm. I think because I'm actually remembering now he did uh, he he was on TRL once doing an interview with <laughs> Carson Daly. Yeah, and they, and awesome. Carson was asking him about like, so I hear you're doing your own show, and this was after season two when he had died. Wow. And so he was technically still in that hell dimension that we would come to find out uh-huh. in the yeah. season. And uh, he was talking to him. I was like, yeah. So you know, we kind of. You know, Angel died in this last season, so this this next, the first season of Angel is going to be kind of like, you know, us, you know, Angel trying to get back to her in a way. Um, I don't know if that's like officially what it was at the time or that's what he was told to that say. Was just but pitch. obviously there was, some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess there were some changes right and they were like, we're actually going to keep you and Buffy in one more season and like grow out what we want you to be. For like, yeah, so I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly, Angel was actually pushed one extra season wow. so that they could build it for like season three. So they can make us like him again. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Give him a bit of an arc. I'm glad that they don't forgive him. That's what's so great about Buffy, too, is it's like no one is just casually forgiven. Yeah. yeah. Has he had the talk with Giles yet? Have they talked to each other to, about how, you know, he killed the woman he loved and no. stuff? The yeah. most that happens so. is they never really ever have it. it mm-hmm. Amends is the most where I think Giles starts to recognize yeah. that and accept the fact that Angelus and Angel are different mm. and that Angel isn't to be ignored. Or to be killed, and that he's actually a powerful ally, um, but it never gets super addressed. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, it's like you have Wesley riding Angel out without actually knowing who Angel is, yeah. and Giles just keeping That's silent right. and trying to mm-hmm. save Wesley's ass for mm-hmm. no apparent reason, because Giles is just great. Um, so and in brave. that scene, he's just really good, too. So it's, Where he's like, let him go. Yeah. And you're like, Giles, yeah. so brave. Such a bro. Um, can we talk about the mayor and how awesome oh, he is God, as a villain? He's so good. I, you know, this is the first time I'd watched this episode in a really long time, and I guess it's just being older and having watched more shows like these, or you know, just more experience in life or whatever. <laughs> how intricate that character is! How well done he's portrayed. Where he's like, he's definitely evil, but he's not like hardcore master. Like all he ever does is yeah. Evil. Like he has an entire drawer of demon things, but he opens it up and goes for the the wipes to mm-hmm. wipe his hands in the first one there's like yeah. all these like skulls and bones and then he get, takes like a moist nap and like mm-hmm. from there and like he's doing a whole seance and then immediately just checks it off his to-do list like mm-hmm. he goes he does 
every scene is just 180 after 180 where he goes yeah. from one place to a completely different other direction and for some odd reason it just makes it so intricate and leveled and layered and you're just like who is this yeah. guy yeah Become invincible. Yeah. Oh my god, that checklist. Yeah. Oh <laughs> He's just like, become invisible. All right, I'm good. And he checks Haircut. it off the plate. He does, he yeah. does a whole <laughs> checklist and he's like, well, it's a shame, you know, our assistant couldn't be here today. That's too bad. By the way, I'm invincible for the next 100 days until the ascension. Ha 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 ha. He's so, and like, uh, so much of this goes to the actor who played him, who he was able to just blend those layers and yeah. just be able to go from one to another so, so well and almost effortlessly. It speaks so much credit to not just, you know the actor, but I mean this. This really watching this again reminded me that he's probably one of the greatest television villains of all time. Yeah, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, he. I mean, it's uh, someone who's definitely studied comedy, right? There's like a lot of mapping over in terms of just like no, like boring sort of uh, like menial municipal <laughs> tasks, but mapping that over to just being like an evil hell dimension like overlord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as well as like every so often throwing in that shocking, just like that pacing of his choices is so good, yeah, so perfect. Mm. Yeah, like his comment about the uh, the Boy Scouts being the backbone of America, kind of what I love about any great villain is the idea that they do do not think they are a villain. And yeah, that, and yeah. In Buffy, you run into many villains who, because they're soulless demons, who actually do want that. And what I like about him. Is that his order? His obsession with order and with cleanliness and with like values, he genuinely holds. And yeah. I think that he sees that his path towards the ascension and to becoming this super demonic figure is because he's going to create a better world. That he wants to. He he knows what order is. He knows what's joyful. And once he uh, achieves his massive evil plan, then everyone will get to delight in his horrible light. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever shirked off responsibility in like a really, really big way? I almost didn't come to this recording because I was swimming. <laughs> I was literally in a pool and I was That's like, I could just not literally come worse to this recording. Than what Faith does in this <laughs> I'm episode. I'm just being honest. We would have just I sat had a outside. Split second where I was like in the pool and my friends were like, you could just stay here. And I was like, I could, but I do have to record this podcast. And I, I'm telling you, I'm confessing this because I made it here. I but appreciate the it, but there's still consequences. I debated. I was like, I could just not show up. Wow. <laughs> and so I was late. Brent got here before I was even home. Yeah, I got I got here. I gave the calls like, hey, yo, it's, um, I'm, I'm at the front door. And she's like, cool, I'm uh, running an errand in Van Heist right now. It's like really last minute, but I'm I'll be back in like 15 minutes. And I was what like, was all right. The errand you're running, freestyling? Yeah, apparently. Maybe it was a butterfly. Working on your kicks? Yeah, I think it was drinking some butterfly wounds. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm running an errand, which is to open the top of this bottle and yeah. sit in the sun for just a few more minutes in this happy place. But I mean it, and we're here. You did. I mean, you beat me in Omar. Yeah, so it's fine. So I, I, I honestly didn't even have to tell you, but it came up, so. Did you, did you make that choice because you were like, you know what? Buffy would show up and Faith would blow it off. Or are you just thinking about it now? Uh, I mean, I made that choice because I was like, I committed to do this thing and I can't just not. Let me ask you <laughs> guys, it. like, where, like, your <laughs> sense of morality comes from. Like, your sense of obligation. Um, 
You like, how what? does that, how, how do those wheels turn in uh, your head? I'm the wrong, I'm dead inside right now, man. No. I'm going through some stuff. <laughs> I just, uh, my, live my, outside. My scale's really weird right now, so. So right now you're all higgledy-piggledy. Yeah. Who knows, you're the yeah, wild card. That's yeah. a really good question, though. I am right now. That's a good question, mm-hmm. though, because I always wonder that about myself, because I was one of those people where, like, my parents were never strict, but I was always like, I've always been way harder on myself than anyone has ever been on me. Like yeah. I've always been really hard about myself to get things done, to get good grades and like all this stuff. Now I'm way more lax than I ever was. And I'm still not a lax person. I'm still very uptight about things. I see um, you as someone who is hard on themselves. Yeah. I, I, I see you as someone who sits by the pool and drinks beer and <laughs> is like, maybe I'll just call out this entire thing. No, I actually. Sounds pretty, yeah. It sounds pretty I, strict to me, guys. But I didn't call out the thing. I mean, I think you guys here. I agree and identify with Holland completely. That's yeah. that's that's actually mm-hmm. very much more what I'm kind of where I'm at right now. Of just I was very hardworking and I did everything I was told to do exactly how I was doing it growing up. And now there's just so many shades to gray to, uh, shades of gray to every single thing that uh-huh. you can talk about or, mm-hmm. or think of morally or obligation wise or anything. And so it's it's really hard to figure out where you stand as you get older because you realize how many directions there actually are to any like one given destination yeah how people get there what they do to get there it's one of those things where it's like as you're growing up and maybe it's like how just like school works or like tests or just something about um how public education works i don't know but you're basically taught like oh if you follow these rules and if you do everything correctly then you will like that equals success yeah. And you're basically told, like, if you follow these exact things, this is how it's going to turn out. And then it gets to a point where you realize, well, I have been getting good grades. I have been following all the rules. I, like, I went to parties and stuff, but I never was, like, I was always just, like, a really good kid. And I was always really well behaved for the most part. And then you get to a point where you realize that, like, the people who maybe weren't re- well behaved, the people who did drop out, the people who did, like, slack off and all this other stuff yeah. still get to have successful careers. And it's not just like, it's not like, oh, but I did everything right. Why isn't everything just working out for me? And that's, you realize that that's not how life works and like it helps, but there isn't any surefire path to success or being the best at anything. And I think it's once you realize that even if you're one of those people that has less fun and like is the responsible one. That that doesn't necessarily mean that your life is going to be like ten times better than everyone else's. Yeah, you're like this is a lie. <laughs> yeah, I, I I went through a bit of a breakdown uh, my senior year in college, uh, last semester, um, where I had just been a great student and very nice to everyone, and just you know followed all the rules and all the homework was in on time, and and a few events happened that. Um, culminated in me saying like well I did everything I was supposed to do I was supposed to do it and yeah nothing good has come of it so I got three months left in this school I'm just gonna do what I want to do and proceeded to go on a just tear just yeah. tore up the whole place um and I had a lot of fun awesome James just so you guys know went to a paper school so yeah very easy <laughs> yeah. It for was, him yeah, to yeah it was pretty <laughs> 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 but it was it, it was interesting because I had a lot of fun mm-hmm. um Definitely more fun than I had had three and a half years beforehand. Yeah. Um, but by the time I left that school, my reputation was done. Just mm-hmm. gone. Nobody thought I was the same person I was before. Really, yeah. A lot of relationships were tarnished. Um, and there were consequences. <laughs> <laughs> the next episode. Um, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, I, I, I guess that's kind of in my way relating to this episode in a way, but a lot of what Holland is, is saying of just like, you can have your... 
fun and, and try different things, but you know, there are going to be consequences and stuff you're going to have to deal yeah. with towards the end, whether you'd like it or not, just cause it's, you know, it's, it's going to be different from what you're doing before. It is interesting. I think that there is like sort of, uh, Buffy and Faith pose interesting polar opposites, uh, where Buffy is, um, sort of that Judeo Christian hero of like, I don't give in, uh, I don't indulge. Right. And then there's like a great reward at the end of that, even though that's sort of an ongoing conversation. But that's sort of where the ideology stems from. Whereas I feel like faith is like more of like that id sort of I do what I want. I get satisfaction, but neither really work, which is what I like about their dynamic. It's not that one's right, one's wrong or like, wow, you're right. Faith is crazy. We should side with Buffy because Buffy also definitely has that dark streak in her because she doesn't she restrains herself so much. Mm -hmm. And every so often we see her like freak out and snap and do something else. Well, I also think the big difference there is that um, <clears throat> in this episode in particular, Buffy does give in and she does indulge and she does do some things, but she learns from that experience. Yeah. Like things yeah. go wrong and she's, and she learns like, all right, so this isn't the way. Faith, on the other hand, refuses to acknowledge any that's, of it and yeah. doesn't learn from it. And, and I think that's what makes Buffy our hero, right? Yeah. That becomes like a huge catalyst for their mm-hmm. relationship in future episodes and the rest of the series. Well, that's, and it's definitely a really interesting point to make because a lot of times in stuff like this or just in life, when the quote unquote good character does something bad, they suffer consequences and it's like, oh, this one time that the straight-laced person like didn't follow the rules or did something different, they got in trouble. That doesn't seem fair because this person who always does, does stuff wrong yeah. never see, like gets consequences, never gets in trouble. But then you realize that it's just that they're not acknowledging the consequences of their actions. Yeah. So instead of it being something like, oh, when this person who's always good does something wrong, they get in trouble. Because like I've had a lot of times where I felt like that. I'm like, I never do anything wrong. I did something wrong and I get in trouble. What gives? But then you just realize the people who normally behave that way, a lot of times just don't acknowledge the negatives of it and just focus on the positives. And then you realize that it's not just like one slip up causes this consequence. It's like, no, this is what happens all the time. It's whether or not this bothers you and whether or not you let it kind of like help you grow or affect you. Wow. Yeah. No, it's crazy. And there's a lot of that. We've talked a lot about the duality, but that the fact that the episode, like Wesley and Giles and Faith and Buffy are such clear representations of that. But one that I was just thinking about right now too, to put Angel back in it is I don't know if you directly parallel him with Buffy or even just the gang as a whole, but it's like ever since Angel has been able to kind of reclaim his life and any kind of purpose, mm-hmm. just he's almost like the good ver like the the non egoic version of what Wesley's approach and what Giles's original approach yeah. was, which is like you are one hundred percent mission only, friends, all of it gone, yeah, it's out. Don't think about it because when Angel did let himself indulge in more, it destroyed him. Yeah. It destroyed his sense of morality because it's like, I think probably, obviously, Jenny's death bothers Giles the most. But I think we're, as a, as viewers, we're ready to forgive Angel because he really, truly does suffer for that. Yeah. And is now like, wants more than anything to hold Buffy, but is just throwing her away and is, uh, is kind of he's 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 having a hero revolution in that sense. Yeah. Like yes, you should be able to love your life and enjoy your life, but for someone like him who is more removed than the rest of them just cuz he is this unique vampire, uh I'm happy that he's starting to 
have that decision to, yeah. to be all business. Mm-hmm. And that is our bell, uh, which is... We talked uh, about the episode a lot. That wow. Well, yeah, was I was just thinking yeah. that. Good we job. actually really good covered... I tried to derail us, but that nope, that train was on the episode. tracks. Well, you know, it it's, it's interesting. You really start delving into this show and it, it just just the layers man it's, yeah it's mm-hmm. every episode is just a lot more than you think it is until you yeah. start you know i mean it's just analyzing. it just goes last episode we talked for like 20 minutes about donuts but like this time we talked <laughs> okay well that for you guys <laughs> yeah, cool. awesome. <laughs> it was good because it was the zeppo which is sort of an episode that's not even really about what the episode. I, just, I mean donuts are pretty important to that episode they so totally are. yeah definitely go to donut friend if you guys haven't yet it's donut friend is that the place that just closed oh no, no it's it's oh open. wait 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 donut friend is the place with like the the berry donuts and all that yeah, stuff yeah so they someone made, got me donuts they name all of their donuts after alt rock bands uh-huh oh, my oh. personal favorite is the motion city sandwich <laughs> i didn't know the names i've gotten yeah. donuts from there but i didn't know their names the motion city sandwich yeah. oh, the my trip God. to basil and omar oh, you God. and i are going to have to share a green tegan and sarah no way yeah. that's amazing those are my favorite three uh in case you guys didn't know james and i uh were assigned to be um rift buddies rift, in, we were drift compatible we were, yeah yeah for pacific rim oh yeah i remember that yeah jesse did those right back yeah. in the and we're both really big tegan and sarah fans so uh jesse uh one of the people that have followed us from the beginning uh made our jaeger unit the ts heartthrob yeah oh my yeah. god i remember that <laughs> I was drift compatible with Mitch, and I think it's... I don't know if that was like a, hey, Holland, you drink too much. <laughs> I was like, okay. Or as Mitch would say, you drink just enough. <laughs> He's a very low voice. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> so we're going to do a, an extracurricular activity, which means we are going to make something up on the spot inspired by the episode. It could be anything, local commercial, a jingle... Uh, we could try to paint together a picture, although for this medium, uh, that would make no sense. Mm-hmm. So, Holland, what are we doing this week? Okay, so two things that I focused on this on in this episode that uh, we didn't talk about uh, was Faith's whole want-take-have uh-huh. mantra, oh, yeah. uh, which I feel like there's probably a healthy way to incorporate that uh, into all of our lives. I kind of, I don't know, I want like a etching, like what are those? The stitch, cross-stitch? Across, I kind of, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, something like that. That'd be cool. Like a home sweet home. Um, and then when the, the cops turn around and they're like, are you in one of those girl gangs? Because um, that's oh, something yeah. I've been talking about. I've been talking about that with my friends recently. Because we got gang? Yeah, because we all got like denim jackets and we've been collecting pins. Nice. Because we're just super 90s and we're like, oh, we'll start a girl gang. Um, Called which, Slayers. Yeah, but I'm, I'm the only girl here. But it would be fun if we started a girl gang. With the power of our imagination. With the power of our imaginations. Great. I mean, I'm already a girl, but I feel like if you guys just just put yourself in the mindset. Yeah. Should we gang. make a girl gang? We can start yeah, a girl gang. Call the Slayers. All right. I like how it's just the Slayers too. It's not the Slayerettes. It's like the Slayers. The Slayers. Faith is like, no, it's the Slayers. Slayers. Yeah. All right. First official meeting of the Slayers and all girl girl gang. Yes. Girl. I'm a girl. I too. I'm a girl. And I'm Jamie, who is also a girl. Because that name could go either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you? Uh, I'm Holland. Okay. No, girl. Okay, cool. Here I am. Just wanted to make sure. Sometimes people think I'm a guy, but it's, you know, I've never met a guy named Holland, so I don't know why. People just get confused, I guess. There's uh, Mr. Holland's opus. Oh, yeah. Last name. I've gotten that a lot, too. Apparently, Farkas, uh, which is my last name, so you guys know, is apparently that's like, there's guys named Farkas. There was a Power Ranger, I do believe. 
Interesting. The, I don't know. Someone yeah, told Farkas, me this once. Farkas Johnson was the was the uh, turquoise ranger. Oh. He, you know, never really quite made it out of the out of the gas station, you know. Since we're using our imagination, I actually grew up in a tree and didn't watch television. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. What was that like? It was pretty chill. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty chill. Um, so one thing that I wanted to talk about in the Skrull Gang, uh, I feel like we need a motto. Um, the one that I wanted to pitch uh, is want, take, have. Like maybe we could get it um, uh, embroidered on the back of our jackets or maybe like patches Ooh. that say want, take, have. I just think cool. it's a really good I'm motto. down, but only if the jackets are jean jackets, like denim okay. jean jackets. Yeah. A lot easier than leather. And also I don't really like the idea of killing and curing cows. No, no, no. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. All, my, all my leather is pleather. Okay. Oh, yeah. But we're going denim? I would say denim. It breathes better than yeah, leather. Yeah, yeah. You know, it gets, it gets hot in the valley. Yeah. You know, when we're confronting other girl gangs, we don't want to be weighed down by exactly. extra sweat mm-hmm. or discomfort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pitch a motor transportation. Uh, Hear me out. Yeah. Um, I When I visited Costa Rica, um, in because it's imagination, we could do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. I used to surf a lot. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm thinking is if we could have skateboards that we ride around. Like and long- then if Longboards. Oh, it doesn't matter really. But we, when we um, see people we don't like, we can kick off our skateboards. They fly at their faces and they hit them. But we have elastic bands attached to the bottom of the skateboard, like a boogie board. Yeah, but then we also have them on our wrists, so yeah. we can call the skateboard back. So, so it's, it's like, like a, like a like punchable a skateboard, boogie board, longboard that we hit bros yeah. in the face with when they're being sexist. So it's like a yeah. surfboard slash Mjolnir. Type of situation. Exactly. Oh, That's my sure. dream. Cool. Yeah. Or like a boomerang. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A tethered um, boomerang. There you go. Mm-hmm. A tether ball. Tether ball. Kind Ooh. Of. Oh but God. we can mm-hmm. ride it. Should we call ourselves the tether balls? No. No. That's a dumb idea. We can't have balls in the name of our girl gang. Can't renege on the name. Silly. I was just, I was just feeling free for a moment, you know. So I just, my, I just, my mouth opened, and oh my God, We need an entrance song. Whenever we roll into a location. Um, I would like to pitch the immigrant song cover by Karen O um, that they use in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That's like a really good like. That is, that is good. I'm just going to say I listen oh. to it a lot when, I, when I'm at the gym or I just need like a good like. I'm down. Ready to kick some butt. Yeah. We could also go a little literal and, and choose one of the songs by Slayer. Ooh, okay. No, we could. You know, I, I don't know much from their catalog, but I'm sure <laughs> there's something I, that's, that's worth making an entrance to. Mm-hmm. So, Gonna go crazy, just throwing it out there. Living Dead Girl remix by yeah. Rob Zombie. Yeah, <laughs> like, what if we do You know what? Yes, that's my vote. I'm in. <laughs> we have to make sure we get the licensing, though. Oh, that's I a good know. point. Mm-hmm. If we upload yeah. like a video of us doing like an assault on that something... That could catch us in the end, you're right. Then mm-hmm. I really don't want to get that audio taken down or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After Halloween 2, Rob Zombie was that's just a good so point. broken. Yeah. That he I mean, we're just watching there. a video without the sound. I mean, like, we're going to want to monetize like it. Watching one of those we're going to want to monetize it. We don't want to put our assaults up just for free. Yeah. We want ads... There should be ads. Exactly. And that we puts you get... higher on the YouTube algorithm anyway. I mean, we should even revenue. try YouTube Red. It'd be like watching an Instagram video without the sound. It's like, yeah. what's the point of tapping on it? Yeah. Are we going to be a YouTube Red gang? Wait, what is YouTube Red? Uh, I mean, cares? people have to pay us money. <laughs> oh, so it's like, if they want to was... watch our videos. But like, maybe they don't have to pay us some money. Maybe they could play it, pay us in like pins or something. 
We should this. talk to. We should set up a call with YouTube. Let's just, just start. First of all, we have to barter make sure system. we can get a Gmail account. Mm. We have to make sure we can get a YouTube channel. Okay. We got to make sure we lock in our socials. Then we're gonna skate around the valley, and we're gonna use our skateboards to punch people we don't like with our skateboards, For and then sure. call them back with Want the elastic take bands. Have at gmail.com. One take have at gmail.com. Yeah. That is already taken. No. I just checked. Is the Twitter taken? That really gets in the way of our motto, to be honest. Wait, we want it. We're going to take it. And then we'll have it. Yeah. So we're going to find out who's got this email. We should email that person. Yeah. And find out where they live and then skate there. Guys, keep kicking them in the face. Official business as the All right. (laughs) Want, take, have on three. One, One, two, two, three. three. Want, Want, take, have. All right. (laughs) That is our bell. That was also really coherent. Yeah. What the heck? Wow. Why are we being so coherent today? That was so straightforward. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us for the most polished uh, (laughs) session of Sunnydale Study Group. Uh, This was our discussion of episode 14 Bad Girls. James, thank you so much for joining us. We are so happy to have you back. Thank you guys for having me. I'm always happy to be here. I love each and every one of you. Um, yeah, no, thank you again. Uh, feel free to hit me up on the internets with the Twitter at the real underscore JBI. I'm on Instagram at James, James, James. It has six A's in the last James. <laughs> Just type in my full name. It'll be the first James, thing that pops James, up. James. Um, big thing that's going on right now is I've started an internet campaign to be on the new season of Lonely Girl 15 when that starts. So if Great. anyone listening would like to help me out, feel free to use the Twitter and uh, use the hashtag James for or Isaac uh, hashtag Isaacs for Lonely Girl. Isaacs for Lonely Girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's like my official you know attempt to trying to get on <laughs> desperate attempt to trying to get on a what's going to be probably a really cool show. Uh, that we'll hopefully be filming soon. Awesome. Hey. We will do that. That will be our thing this week. We are gonna we're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks guys. <laughs> uh, Holland, where can they find you? Uh, my name is Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas. Instagram is Farkland. Um, and my Facebook page is Holland Farkas. I actually have things to plug this week. Very exciting. Um, so I recently wrote an article um, for Birth Movies Death, which is a really awesome film site it's that huge. I've been reading for years, and I am very excited about it. Um, so I had an article go out on the Neon Demon. Um, so if Neon Demon, which I always add a D to. Um, so if you have not read it yet, um, give it a read. It's pretty quick. Um, also, I am making videos for Movie Pilot. Uh, I am Movie Pilot. Star Wars person, so I had a video up last week uh, where I basically just talked about Star Wars for 15 minutes. Um, and additionally, That's yeah. That's so great. So those, are, a- those are the two main things, and then I'll have, there's more stuff coming up. Very exciting. Finger guns. Snaps. Yeah, my life is coming back together. Um, so yeah, thanks guys. <laughs> thanks guys. We can close up the podcast. Hang it out. What's your for- Pokemon score? Uh, I'm okay. actually level nine now. Wow! So you can actually get gems and caught, battle, huh? Oh yeah, I've been able to do that. I okay, the sorry. servers no, but the servers are so. <laughs> I've been having all these issues with gems because the servers are so glitchy. Mm-hmm. But I did catch a pincer um, and a venonat uh, uh, like a couple hours ago, which is pretty exciting. I almost got a Pikachu, um, but I. There's actually a way you can get a Pikachu in the fingers. very beginning. I know. I just read that article, and I'm really pissed, and it's just a matter of patience, which I don't have clearly. And there's a ponytail in this apartment that keeps escaping me. Anyway, 
Ain't that the truth. Chris, where can they find you? <laughs> Hello, my name is Chris Bramante, and you can find me on Twitter or Instagram as Amontiak. Uh, or you can provi- uh, find me with musical improv group Robot Teammate in the Accidental Party. Um, you can start watching us at 6 p.m. Pacific time on the Geek and Sundry Twitch stream, where we'll be doing musical improv based off of chat suggestions. And that's, uh, and that's the main stuff now. Uh, Hamilton's July 31st show is completely sold out. In 15 minutes. In 15 minutes it's sold out. But uh, if you want to get on the wait for it list, you can do that because it's Los Angeles and people often drop out of it. <laughs> and I'm Omar. You can always find me at Omar Najam on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, I use the my YouTube channel's account, which is Two Broke Geeks. Uh, so if you're looking for pictures of me, you probably won't find them because I usually just take screenshots of other things <laughs> and talk about spirits sailing the Cimarron. Uh, <laughs> yep. I also have an improv team, swimming lessons. Uh, we are at the clubhouse every second and fourth Friday. So if you want to check out some improv, it's for free and there's parking. My two favorite things about the clubhouse. It's a really oh, good show. So you guys good. should see it. I saw Thank it a couple you. weeks ago. Yeah, and Thank they have free you. beer. Yeah, we got free beer. We're, we're introducing themed cocktails for theme shows and what? stuff. Yeah, nice. so it's you're cool over 21. Water. It's pool water, yeah. The theme and is vodka. <laughs> it's just chlorine. <laughs> and uh, you can always check out anything and everything Sunnydale Study Group related at SSG Podcast on Twitter. Again, it's at SSG Podcast as well as on Facebook, that's Sunnydale Study Group. And on Instagram, that's Sunnydale Study Group. We are as uh, we try to be as active as possible on socials. So if you want to message us, let us know your thoughts about the episode. If you want to have a shout out on the podcast, hit us up. We would love to chat. We always like talking about Buffy. Oh, um, a quick shout out to Sunnydale Sis, who, um, so a while ago, uh, we started doing the Buff for Ham, Buffy Hamilton mashups, and Sunnydale Sis really embraced that, and, uh, she went wild. She went ham? And she went ham for Buff for Ham, and created, like, a good 30 of them. That's amazing! Yeah, so, go check out Sunnydale Sis on Instagram, she's a great Buffy account, and, uh, delight in those (laughs) (laughs) alright we'll be back next week to deal with the consequences of this session it's going to be pretty nuts uh, and I imagine we're going to it's going to be a very heartfelt conversation so not looking forward to it (laughs) not looking forward to the consequences oh maybe you won't even show up maybe you'll just be floating in a giant inflatable tub of some sort just waiting around in the valley those things are called pools pool callback yeah (laughs) he was trying to talk to you it was an in-ground pool was there a hot tub No, it was just a poll. We don't need to talk about this. Pack up your bags, pick up your books. We'll see you next week if you show up. (laughs) (laughs) Toodles.